Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello everybody and welcome to the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master Kevin. Going around the table, Blake. Hey, I'm Blake. Uh, I'll be playing Sixpaw, the Ranger Tabaxi. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Grave Scrape, the Kenku Necromancer. Sounds like a Decepticon, like uh, garbage truck or something. <laughs> something or like back, that. Yeah. A backhoe. <laughs> the little-known Constructicon. And John. Boobies. Yes. I'm playing Fum Fum, a chaotic, evil, barbarian rock gnome. Thanks to a belt, he has a strength of 25, which just amuses the shit out of me. (laughs) And Shane. That's me, still playing Alexander the Bard Connoisseur. As you could tell from uh, some of the, the characters that people are saying they are playing today, this isn't a normal episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. Uh, this is going to be a puzzle episode. Um, hopefully we'll be doing a lot more of these, and uh, these are special characters that uh, our players have created just for these. I want to give special thanks to Joel the Dungeon Master at Atlantum gamemaster.com uh, he provided the puzzle that we will be playing today um, you may have uh, heard another one of his puzzles that we did uh, a couple months back uh, with some puzzles in the Feywild uh, make sure to check him out that's atlanticgamemaster.com um, Anna can't be with us today um, so uh, that's disappointing she's on a special secret mission for the government yeah, that checks out. Um, Defending Area 51. It's about that time. Oh, there's another, like, 13 days? Gotta have the recon. Oh, right, right. All right. So let's set the scene here. So for one reason or another, you find yourselves in the grand city of Marilesh. Looking for work, you see posters throughout the town at various inns, taverns, and shops for a business opportunity for those with strong arms, magical abilities, cunning, and wits. There aren't a lot of other details on the poster, just an illustration of a pile of gold and an address and the name of the business and its slogan, Improbable Procurements, LLC. No quest is impossible. The directions say it's located at Barron's Avenue and Maple Street inside Mad Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventurer's Emporium. Each of you make your way to the location this day. 
and you see a large one-story building painted in a gaudy yellow with a white sign out front with the likeness of a smiling gnome with the red letters in common that read Mad Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventurers Emporium. And below the sign there is another plaque. It's simple and purple and in white common writing it reads Improbable Procurements. No quest is impossible. As you enter the store one by one, uh, you see a mishmash of general goods and adventuring gear. You're greeted at the door by a gnome in a white linen shirt and brown breeches, wearing an apron with the likeness of Mad Cedric and the store's name upon it. The gnome clears his throat and says, How may I help you today? Are you a Mad Cedric? My name is Fum Fum. I'm a gnome. I thought you needed someone really strong. I'm really strong. I can do the thing. Oh, I, I can see that, sir. You have some very rippling muscles under that shirt, but no, I'm not mad, Cedric. I'm Clap, his cousin. I want to do the thing. And I hold out the thing with the stuff written on it. Uh, so the uh, gnome Clep takes the pe- poster and uh, just gives it a glance. He knows what it is and he says, oh, of course. Uh, it's in the back to the right. There's a sign above the door. Uh, good luck, and let me know if there's anything I could do to help you on your uh, upcoming adventure. I gotta go do the thing. And then I'll go into the back on the on the right, I think. Is that... All right. Is anyone else there? I'm assuming they are. Yeah, you're all there. You, you've basically all come in around the same time, and... Uh, as uh, you're walking the door, you were greeted by that gnome. You all make your way to the back of the store and pass the rope and saddles intact, and you see a door with a purple sign above it, similar to the one outside. You go inside and find a small waiting room, and there is an attractive elven woman, woman sitting at a table inside. She looks up from whatever she's reading and says, Welcome to the Improbable Procurement at LSC, where no quest is impossible. Are you inquiring about the procurement of an item or person? Or are you here to offer your services in finding such items or persons? I might do the thing. And I hold up the list to sheet again. <laughs> I think we're all here for the same reason to sell our services as procurers? Oh, Doing yes. That's, thing. that's great. We're always looking for personnel. Uh, please have a seat, and our manager will be with you shortly. And she ma- uh, motions to you uh, some benches along the wall. So uh, you all sit down, and while you're sitting there, uh, let's go around the room and describe what uh, each of you are, are seeing here uh, as far as your characters are concerned. Uh, let's start with Blake. Oh, it's always starting with me. All right. Well, you can start uh, with John if you want. I don't care. Yeah, start with John. (laughs) Okay, John. His character is... uh, (laughs) Touched. He's basically wearing a a half-plate armor and, like, a leather skirt. And that's pretty much it. Oh, he has the, you know, the belt. Oh, no, I forgot. He's got the robe of eyes. That's so weird. Yes, he's got a robe of eyes. It's just covered with eyes so he can see everywhere. And he's got this this belt that um, looks like it's on fire just a little bit. It's about the fire giant strength. 
Um, and he's got like a sword that's as long as he is and a shield that seems as big as he is, both strapped to his back. But then since he's a gnome, it's actually just a long sword and a regular shield. Uh, so what, what's he look like? He's, is he younger, older? Yeah, he, well, he's, he's tiny because I wanted him to be like the smallest he could be. Um, so he, he's, let's see, gnome. That means he's about three foot tall and he's wiry. <laughs> so he's just this skinny little wiry dude um, with, you know, sort of a knotted tangle of uh, brownish gray beard. Um, young for a gnome. And he's, he's Winnie also... the Poohing it in uh, in pl- half flight. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, Hannah, describe uh, your character. Uh, Don't read chat, do you? <laughs> What's that? Hannah requested that she go last. Okay. <laughs> uh, Shane, then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just Alexander. So kind of, I want to say 5'11", blonde hair. I uh, have a cloak on with a, uh, a crossbow underneath on my back. Ooh, they can make a real um, I mean, I'll probably do it later, but I mean, I've just been shadowed with too many, too much stuff. Working and playing WoW. WoW's consuming my life to, for the worse. Uh, got my short sword on my hip. Well, yeah, I've got short sword on my hip with the command of Elven Burn. And then I've got just leather armor that's been uh, enchanted with, uh, for plus two with guidance. And I have a, uh, a bag on my hip. All right. Uh, Blake. All right. So uh, Six Paul is a slightly taller than human average tabaxi. He's covered in a mishmash of mix match. Mis- it's not easy, is it? I tried to use matched. it earlier and fucked it up. <laughs> Mismatch, yes. Mismatched armor and uh, an old insignia from some generic mercenary company. He's got a few swords strapped to him as well as a longbow, and he keeps a very nice little kitty chain hanging from his neck. Is it Hello Kitty? It is not Hello Kitty. I want it to be Hello Kitty. It should be Hello Kitty. <laughs> from now on, it's Hello Kitty. God damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hannah, you can't avoid it any longer. Tell us no, about Grave Scrape. I, I had to pee. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So Grave Scrape uh, is a Kenku. Um, right now, uh, they're... they're hood is pulled up and all you can really see is their beak and uh it's they've got this long kind of feathery cloak on it's a little weird uh under which is some leather armor um and you can see that the beak is 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 like pitch black like almost blue it's 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 so black um and uh instead of really sitting on the chair it's kind of squatting on the chair it looks a little awkward yeah perched they're perched uh, and it, it looks a little awkward but for them it's comfortable okay so uh so is grave scrape non-binary I haven't decided what grave scrape is yet so when they let me know I will let you guys know I think you should respect uh, grave uh, scrapes uh, privacy no fum fum wouldn't do that fum fum has a wisdom of eight fum fum <laughs> not, does not leave well enough alone all right so after about 15 minutes you see a door open in the back and four dwarves in armor walk out and uh 
They kind of give each one of you the the kind of uh, the eye, not really the stink eye, but it's kind of like acknowledging, like, "Hey, what's up?" Um, you know, and a little nod. And uh, as they walk out of the uh, the waiting room here, you hear a voice from inside the room say, "Gladys, send in the next client." And the elf looks to you and motions for you to uh, go inside. And uh, all of us. Yeah. Okay. Bum so, bum shoves roughly to the front. Me first. <laughs> How awkwardly I'm walking. So uh, you enter and you see a, a fat balding gnome behind the desk. He's got this uh, skullet and is chopping a big fat cigar. And uh, you look around the office is disheveled with papers and scrolls littering his desk. Uh, there's also a platter of a half-eaten chicken on top of some of the papers. The office is dimly lit with only an oil lamp, and it smells like a mixture of cigar smoke and old books. Uh, he's shuffling around some papers and then putting them into a box on the desk, and uh, without looking up, he says, Come in and have a seat! Uh, you look, and there's only two chairs around the desk, so uh, some of you will have to stand. Thumb thumb climbs up onto the chair and sits. Uh, it slowly creaks dangerously. Half plate is heavy. So, uh, after scribbling something down in a ledger, he finally looks up and says, Well, fuck me! Uh, sorry, that wasn't for you. Oh. Um, I'm Charlie, the manager here at the franchise of Improbable Procurements LLC. A wholly owned subsidiary of Matt Hendricks Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium. How can I help you all? I hold out the thing. <laughs> um, so he takes it, looks at it, goes, uh, Oh, of course. Uh, are, are you all here for, uh, t- uh, to, uh, apply to be uh, procurers? I am. They're not taking my money. So, uh, just to make a note of it for our marketing department team, uh, how did you find us, uh, these posters? Uh, yeah. Gravescrape repeats in his exact same voice, posters. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's weird. Um, so, uh, let me tell you a little bit about what we do around here at, uh, Improbable Pure Kerbets LLC. Uh, you see people, uh, usually powerful and wealthy people, uh, place an order. Uh, they tell us what they want and we go find it. Uh, we're not talking about the mundane stuff here. We're talking about the ancient and artifact type of stuff. Usually, uh, they give us an idea about where it could be found or a map, and other times we have to put our team of scholars and investigators on it to find out where the item or person or creature may be. That's where you come in. We give you the target and location, and you go out and recover it. Of course, this isn't without risk. I will need each of you to sign a waiver of liability that affirms that Improbable Procurements LLC is not responsible for any death or dismemberment suffered while being employed as an independent contractor of said business. If you're killed on a contracted quest from Improbable Procurement and the rest of your group manages to complete said quest, your designated beneficiary will be paid 20% of the promised fee. 
You'll also need to fill out a form to designate said beneficiary and sign a 1077 form for Merrill Lynch tax purposes in a non-disclosure agreement that will hold you in breach of contract and financially liable for discussing any contracts with those outside of the investigative capacity to complete your quest. I think that's about it. Do you have any questions? I do the thing now? We're doing the thing. Yes, you uh, could do the thing after signing some stuff. Wait. Go ahead, Pum Mom. You were about to exclaim something. He'll just start signing things at random. Grab a pen off the desk, sign the desk. So, uh, are you coming in as a group? Do you know each other? Are you friends? Not really. We just, you called us all in at once, so we just, we're just kind of here. I mean, I'm not opposed to working in a group. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, just to get an idea of what sort of groups we should place you with, if not as a, a party here yourselves, uh, can you just give me some ideas of uh, what you're capable of so we can match you with the right people? Well, I know that I, in particular, know the lay of the land and how to navigate through these kind of dangerous areas. So I'm here more as the guide kind of person. I'm not a you know weakling in combat, but my preferred uh, technique is to track stuff down. Like you were saying about the uh, scholars who look for it, I'd be able to guide the party wherever they happen to need to go. Oh, so you're kind of a ranger? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Why didn't you just say ranger? You could have uh, saved us a whole bunch of time. Um, anyway, and uh, how about you, Bird? Uh, it, so, in many different voices that are not at all similar to each other, um, Gravescrape uh, starts to, to explain. Um, they, they say that uh, I'm a necromancer. I can bring party members back from the dead. Well, that's just weird on top of weird, isn't it? And uh, he just looks around to the rest of the group and shrugs and gives a wink. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. Um, uh, Alexander is deeply concerned about the different voices that keep on coming out of her mouth or his mouth. Their, their mouth. Their. They. Their. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so um, I'm a more of a bard. I'm, I'm like a jack of all trades for the most part. Uh, I'd say I have a bit of a silver tongue, but don't want to be too uh, too braggish. But yeah, I can do a majority of things. I know some transmutation magic, some uh, evocation, some illusion. Excellent, excellent. And then uh, he looks at uh, Tom Tom and says, uh, how about you, Elminster? I take it you're a wizard? And he chuckles. No, I kill things, and I keep signing. And I rolled, um, and I, I rolled a six while signing his leg. He's gonna have to roll, I guess, uh, a contested dexterity check to see if I successfully sign his leg. Uh, I think that would probably be more of an intelligence check. But and he, it's fun to thank me not signing his leg. So what? what what's that? A three? I rolled a six dexterity. <laughs> um, you just, uh, he's like, uh, eh, that's okay, Fum Fum. Uh, just, just, you just put an X there. It'll be okay. So I pull out my knife and just make a light little X in his leg. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, you finish, and he, like, gingerly pulls the papers away from you, you know, to making, you know, not making any setting moves, thinking he might get stabbed, because you're kind of like a, a dumb animal to him. So, um, after everybody signs the papers, he says, Okay, so your first quest is... And he starts going through some papers, and... He looks at them and then you know, he's saying under his breath, he's like, No, I don't think we're going to send you after the girdle of Borscht Bonebreaker. We've been getting too many requests for savior artifacts lately. We got people on that already. And he shuffles through some more papers and reads one for a few moments, mouthing the words silently as the cigar in his mouth is like moving up and down. Okay, here we go. The chafing dish of Anna Yogar, the famished. Rumor to be a container that could keep the hot hot and the cold cold without the food ever spoiling. He reads for a few moments longer and he's like, blah, 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 magic, blah, 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 tomb. Oh, here we are. It's supposedly located in a cave a few miles west of Hilldale. Locals say the cave is cursed, blah, 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 blah. He looks at a page underneath and says, Oh, and we have a map. Seems easy enough. And he looks at another page and reaches out for this uh, abacus that's on his desk. And he looks at you and does the, the little counting thing with his fingers, counting how many people are in the room. And and he does some calculations on the abacus and says, uh, So looking at the contract, that would be 150 gold per person upon successful completion of the task. And delivery of the item back to me. So, do we have a deal? Sure. Yes, In his absolutely. exact same voice, uh, Grave Scrape says, "Sure." Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking weird. While Pom Pom um, is hopping up and down to try and see what's on top of the desk and saying, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." Well, great. Here's the map, and when you make it back here, you'll be paid. Good luck, and please see my secretary outside. Uh, for any other proper releases or tax forms I may be forgetting. And at that, he looks uh, down at another group of papers and shoes you out. And uh, as you leave, you see another group of adventurers in the waiting room, and you uh, hear Charlie shout out, Next! to the uh, elven secretary. And she motions the, the next group in and uh, says, uh, Excuse me, I just have a few more papers for you to sign. And uh, you're each given uh, some more papers and need to be filled out in triplicate that absolves the Improbable Procurements LLC of any liability and a uh, non-disclosure agreement. So after you sign all that, um, you all uh, pull out the map and you look at where this thing is supposedly located. And it's a couple of hours outside uh, the town of Hilldale. And if you look on the map here you are currently in Marilesh which is right here and Hilldale is right here so it's a couple days north uh, and then once you Not get there 88 miles an hour <laughs> for uh, expedient sake at brevity we'll say that uh, uh, after about three days you uh, find yourself at Hilldale and you're asking around and uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody knows about the uh, the, the ruins up there, up on uh, the hill, where supposedly this uh, powerful wizard used to live. And uh, 
Nobody goes in there because it's cursed, and anybody that decides to go up there never comes back. So, let's switch over to the puzzle map. So if everybody could take their tokens and put up here at the top. Tokens? Did you have uh, like tokens or whatever for your characters? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. We all suck at life. I fell into the DM layer. Ah. Editor's note. We cut out about five minutes as these assholes search for tokens because they weren't ready. You're welcome. Okay, so um, you find this place, and it's not hard to get inside um, because the wooden doors uh, that seal the entrance to this place look like they have long been broken down. As you enter, uh, it's dark in here, and there is this uh, this musty, mossy smell inside. Uh, there appears to be a long hallway here. As far as you can see, who here has uh, dark vision? Fum Pum does. Six Paw does. Okay. He has a robe of eyes. So uh, you'll be able to see down this hallway pretty far. Um, about uh, what is that? Sixty feet. So uh, that's uh, about yes. as far as you can see down. Uh, actually, um, ooh. The uh, the floors here are this kind of. Uh, uh, like almost like cave floor naturally like carved not man-made uh, there's a, a lot of dust in here and you can see some like old footprints where people have ventured in and looking down you see some it's like they they ventured in for about 10 feet and then the same footprints like turned around and and walked right back out um, for some reason so how would you like to proceed uh, I would like to cast light on my short sword. Okay. And I would also like to, and we can only see like that far down into the hallway. Uh, the ones with dark vision can. Yours would be, is it 40 feet bright light and then 60 feet dim? Uh, I have it written here. Let me bring it up. It's 20 feet and then another 20. So 20 regular, 20 dim. Okay. And I would also like to cast uh, light on a bolt. And uh, hey, guys, what do you mind getting out of the waist for a second? I'm going to shoot this crossbow down the way to see how far it goes. And I will shoot it, shoot my crossbow with the uh, bolts with light on it down the hallway. Uh, okay. Uh, give me an attack roll. Sure thing. 16. All right, so you cast light onto this bolt. Can you have two sources of light up at the same time, one around you, and how does that work? I should. Uh, you touch one object, no longer, no larger than 10 feet by of dimension. Till the spell ends, the object sheds light of 2020. Oh, I can be colored as I want. It is not concentration, so yes, you can have multiple up at yeah. the same time. Okay. So, as far as you could see currently, uh, you would be able to say grave scrape and yeah, you would all probably be able to see about this much of the room here. You could see where the crossbow bolt has, uh, as he shoots it down the hallway, you hear this clang 
you can now see the crossbow bolt is sitting in front of a steel door on the uh, the opposite side opposite side of what appears to be a chamber that's opening up uh, down below here. Okay. Hey, Fum Fum, do you want to take the lead so you can really show your big, strong figure to the monsters down there, if there is any? Do the thing. Hell yeah. So, what are you doing? What do you want to do? Fum Fum is taking total control of the channel. We're going that way. Okay. Um, So, are you moving down into the room? Uh, Hey, John, did you hear what I said before you died? No. Hey, you cast thumb, light on something. Yeah, I cast light on the bolt and shot down the hallway, and we can see like the steel door down there. And then I proceeded. Hey, Fum Fum, do you want to take the lead so you can show the monsters your big, uh, formidable form, if there are any down there? Rawr! He doesn't need an invitation. He just starts running. By the way, when you cast light, he sort of gave a shriek of indignation because he had to cast, uh, or he had to do a con save against being blinded by the light. Another rumor in the night. Now he's down there, sword in one hand, shield in the other, spinning around looking for enemies. Um, You enter this chamber here, and it opens up, and inside, uh, it's about uh, 10, 20, 30, about 35 feet, about 35 feet. Uh, On the opposite side of the room, you are going to see that bolt that bounced off this steel door. And then as you run out into the middle of this thing, you kind of freeze in your tracks and you look to your left and your right and you see these two huge stone statues that uh, as you moved in, like moved and turned their head to look at you, but they aren't moving anymore. There are bots in here. They're not attacking though. That's a good sign, but we're still going to have to keep an eye out for them. Yeah, golems are pretty scary. Okay. So I was going to investigate one of these stone golems. What do they look like? Do they have any markings on them? Are they... I don't know. Uh, as you get closer, um, you can see that uh, they are covered in these tiny magical runes all over them. Uh, give me an arcana check. Are you trained in arcana at all? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, just give me a, a either a history or an, arc, or an arcana check. Five. Rolling hot. <laughs> um, you may have, have heard something like this. Uh, something about, you know, sometimes wizards will create guardians that sometimes long outlive them. But that you, you think that's maybe the story that you've heard, but it, you may have dreamed it. You don't know. Hey, uh, Grayscrape, you do magic stuff, right? Uh, can you take a look at these markings on this this uh, statue? Grayscrape is, is going to say, uh, yep. <laughs> and then take a look at the carvings on the statue. Okay. Um, you're going to have to probably get right up on one of the other of these to actually take a look at the carvings. All right, uh, give me an Arcana check. 15. Um, you're familiar with these. Uh, you know that this is a animated stone golem. Um, judging by the markings 
on here. These are magical runes. Um, you're going to see some runes that uh, are basically uh, transmutation magic. Uh, others are abjuration. But, uh, yeah, that's what it, this thing is. It is non-animated right now because um, these things apparently don't perceive you as a threat. Uh, they're, they're going to relay all of that information in a just multitude of different voices that... Uh, for those who don't know, Kenku can only speak with mimicry, so they have to copy voices. But I figure at this point, Gravescrape has been around enough people that they can basically say whatever they want to say. It's just going to come out in a uh, very strange combination of voices to make the sentence that they want to make. You hear like uh, the idea of him imitating their college lecturer for like five minutes, just and uh, the entire lecture on stone golems. Off, uh, off camera, you hear uh, Charlie the gnome say, "That's fucking weird." She's right. That is fucking weird. Uh, Thumb Thumb's gonna come down here to this weird thing on the southern wall, whatever it is, and look at that. Okay, so uh, you come down to the southern wall, and this is a solid steel uh, door. It is uh, bisected, so this is actually two doors that join in the middle. The door itself is plain with no writings or markings on it. Going to push on it to try and open it. Okay. Give it a push and it's not opening. I'm going to push really hard. Okay. Give me a strength or an athletics. 24. Okay. So uh, you push really hard on this thing. You're, you're pretty aware of your abilities and as much effort as you're putting into this thing there's nothing happening and you're like well I you gave that a solid try and this thing should have moved but it's not moving give me a uh, perception or investigation check I have advantage on visual per- perception it's not a visual perception well either way it's a 17 uh, yes it is a visual perception this door is not moving you're like okay that's weird you know that should be moving and you uh you look around and you are going to see on each side of this door there are two slots so two on the left side and two on the right side how's the door going fum fum it won't open it's it's really really closed but there are these whole these these whole things in the wall and he's gonna shrug and walk I would like to investigate the holes in the wall. Okay. Give me an investigation check. A natural one. Uh, They look like uh, holes in the wall. Hell yeah. That's exactly what I was looking for. Hannah went and picked up the arrow in her beak. Sorry, Grave Scrape picked up the arrow in its beak. Basically. Question, how big are these holes? Uh, looking at them, they appear to be like three quarters of an inch, uh, long, um, vertically and probably not more than a, uh, quarter inch wide. Okay. So maybe Um, some sort of tablet. How big are the golem fingers? Uh, the fingers of the golem. Yeah. Um, each one of their fingers, they're, they're kind of like, uh, like pebbles, 
kind of put together, and they're like these big, like, monster sausage fingers. Makes sense. Uh, so, Gravescrape is also going to cast light, but on their crescent scythe blade. Okay. Whole um, lot of light going on in this room. Well, I, I've been looking through, and Kenku don't have low light vision, which makes sense, I suppose, because birds probably don't have low light vision. It just never occurred to me. Uh, but I do have the spell, so I'm going to use it. Um, and they're going to look behind this golem over here and see if they can see anything. Oh. Uh, okay. Um, are you, like, trying to move in between or just, like, trying to, like, peek oh, no. around it? Kind of, like, peek around. Okay. Like, um, you can't, uh, you peek around it and it's pretty close to the entrance here. So about all you can see is about five feet in here. Um, and it appears to be a hallway. You need to get back there. I, I could, I, I could move the statue. Uh, Gravescape's going to nod their head. Okay. Just like a bird. It looks weird, but you know. They are weird, and I'm embracing that. I'm gonna grab this statue. That's fucking weird. As much as possible around one of his legs, and try to pick it up and move it to the side. Okay. So uh, you go up to it and you grab a hold of its leg, and uh, I'm gonna need you to roll initiative because you are now a threat. All of us, or just bump bump? Um, <laughs> if, if I would say all of you, um, but uh, more pressing, uh, fum fum. If you just want to sit back and let these two go at it, you can. <laughs> but did he topple it by pulling its leg? Uh, as soon as he reached for its leg, it started tugging on it. Uh, it started moving and is going to try to make a slam attack against Fum Fum. That makes sense. Alexander, you're watching this, and as uh, soon as he starts to tug on this uh, golem's leg you see it raise its stone arms above its head and then starts to uh, come down on uh, Thumb Thumb uh, what do you want to do? I will uh, dash forward five feet and try and yank Thumb Thumb out of the way of the slam okay uh, give me a strength or athletics check if you're trained in it okay if I can find my character sheet there we go. He's a small guy, but he's wearing heavy armor. Uh, you said strength or athletics? Yep. I know, John, that's why this is going to be a fairly high DC. <laughs> Crit. Those are the two extremes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, natural 20 and a natural 1. It's a good thing really that good wasn't for uh, disadvantage. Um, so as you see these uh, these arms start to come down on Fum Fum, you've got like a little extra time because he's so low to the ground, so the arms actually have to travel a little bit further. So you are able to like reach up, grab a hold of the back of uh, Fum Fum's uh, um, breastplate and pull him back. Watch where you're going, Fum Fum. These things are not uh, not the most friendly things. <laughs> um, so I'll say that uh, when the golem's turn comes up, I will give it a uh, disadvantage because a lot this is like happening at the same time. And as these these uh, arms are coming down, you pull him back. Um, so he'll get to make that attack, but uh, we'll make it a disadvantage. Uh, anything else uh, you want to do, 
Uh, I think that counts as my actual action. Yep. Uh, would we both have moved back five uh, a square, or are we just kind of like within our five feet radius? Uh, I'll say that, uh, like the momentum of that, as you're trying to move back and you're breaking up your uh, your movement. Also, you'll be able to to move back five feet this way. Um, you know, that would be a uh, an opportunity attack, but all this is happening at the same time, so we'll just make it part of its attack. Okay. Uh, that counts as a regular action. I don't really want to move anywhere. That seems about my turn. I'll pass. Okay. Six Paul, you're up. All right. Quick as a quick thing. Uh, <laughs> Six Paul is going to roll forward and in one smooth motion pull out a longbow, plus one, and an arrow cast Hunter's Mark, pay very close attention to this stone golem and where any possible weak points would be, and loose an arrow. All right. Or, I guess, two? Yes. So let me dump Hunter's Mark in here. Uh, oh, I guess that doesn't do the spell description. Hold on. It's it's 1d6, and you can move it after yeah. they drop to zero hit points. It's, it's fine. It's just an extra damage spell, that, and it's also concentration. Yeah. Okay. Um, and two shots, 21 and a 20. Oh, yeah, those are both going to hit. All right. And because I'm a gloom stalker, I also get dread ambusher. First turn of combat, my speed increases by 10 feet. And if I take the attack action, I can make one additional weapon attack as part of that action. And that third attack can do an extra 1d8 damage if it hits. Nice. So I'm going to roll this third attack, which is an 18. That'll hit. All right, so three hits. Uh, the first two only had the hunter's mark. Okay, eight, and then I'm just gonna roll these hunter's marks. Reason I don't know what's happening. So that first one does nine piercing damage. The second one does nine piercing damage, and the third one, with the dread ambusher, does. Uh, did that extra D8 roll with it? No, it did not. Uh, let me roll that. I don't know what's going on with my character sheet. And that last one is going to hit for 19 damage for a total of 37 points of damage. Nice. All right. So, and uh, and turn. Yeah. So you whip out your, uh, your bow and zoop, zoop, zoop. you just start, uh, pinging this thing. Um, this, uh, for purpose of this, that's a magic weapon, correct? Yes. Plus okay. One. All right, so you uh, see, uh, see these arrows uh, sink into this uh, stone, which you should, you're like, well, that should be impossible because it's stone. <laughs> um, but you've like chip, chipped away and these arrows have uh, lodged itself in. Um, it's kind of looking like a porcupine from the front. All right, Perfect. Uh, next up is Fum Fum. All right, now I get to find out how barbarians do. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and a monster and go into a rage. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to go forward with a reckless attack and start attacking the hell out of this guy. Okay, roll. And I'm not sure how many, how many attacks I get. Uh, you should get two attacks. Uh, you're using a one-handed or two-handed weapon? One-handed, longsword, plus one. Okay, and a shield. You're not two-weapon fighting, right? Okay, so you get two attacks at 8th or 7th level. And because it's strength, I get advantage on these attacks. If, you, if you're using reckless attack, you'll get advantage. 
Uh, that hits. Uh, you should add your, I think it's your strength modifier, uh, plus two, because you're raging. Rage. Rage damage, yes. Okay, so it's plus two. Not a whole lot. Okay, so that makes it 12 damage. But I also have the first creature that I hit on each of my turns with a weapon attack takes extra damage equal to d6 plus half my barbarian level. So that's d6 plus three. Ooh, so he takes an extra nine necrotic damage on that. So that's um, 10 plus two is 12 plus nine is 21 total damage. All right, and uh, second attack. That's That's 25, that'll hit. Yep, 14 damage. Nice. Assuming my rage damage applies every time. Yep, uh, and I'd accidentally took the hit points out of you instead of the golem. Uh, how much was that total again? <laughs> um, so, oh, dang it, 21 plus 14 is 35 total damage. Quank, quank. All right, so uh, you well into this thing with your longsword, and you're going to take one of its uh, arms off at the wrist. Booyah. Uh, do you want to do anything else? Uh, no, I think I'll just stay there and sort of scream impotently, well, not impotently, Im- so scream potently at probably his thigh. <laughs> I'm guessing how tall he is. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> probably about seven feet tall. Compared to my three. Yeah, okay, so I'm screaming at his thigh. Die! <laughs> All right, uh, Grave Scrape. Um, okay, so I was going to do a thing, but then I decided not to do that thing because uh, it takes like a minute to cast, and I'm not about that life. Um... At least not in the middle of combat. Because uh, that seems like a bad idea. Anyway, um, so instead, I'm going to cast Pull the Dead. Yes? You're playing the bird, not Talia. God. I, well, it's a, it's a necromantic spell. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Uh, what's... Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to... Say again? Uh, what's the DC? Uh, 14. And that's a con save or wisdom? Uh, charisma. Charisma. Uh, it got a negative one. So, uh... Wow! I'm gonna say that, uh, he failed. Um, that should be 2d12 for you because it's taking damage. Yes, and I tried to click it and it didn't do the thing. So... Do you want me to roll it for you? No, I got it. Okay. I'm just typing it out, and then I'll figure out how I did this wrong on this character, but not Talia. You should be able to click just the little name "Toll the Dead" on the in the chat, and it should roll the damage for you. Oh my god, four! Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's a way better roll. I should have gone with that. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I've never had it do this before because normally Talia just rolls damage. Uh, I'll have to edit that while we're doing this. Alright, so uh, anything else you want to do? No. Okay. Next up is the golem. It is going to take uh, some slam attacks against uh, against Fum Fum. Fum Fum. (laughs) Technically, um, you said that Alexander gave it disadvantage by pulling me away. Correct. So that is a 12. But my reckless attack gives it advantage, so I think that cancels out. Oh, uh, so that'll be straight rolls. 
Uh, so that is a 19 and a 26 then. Those will both hit. But I have resistance. Blood so it'll half the damage. So okay. the first attack, you'll take nine points of bludgeoning damage. That's halved. And then... Half the, to five? No, that is the or half. Is that already half? Yeah, it was 18 okay. points of damage. And then the second attack, uh, you are going to take 11 points of bludgeoning damage. And that is also... That's halved already. Okay, so down to 55. All right. To screen uh, next up's Alexander. Yep. Uh, I am going to move to the side here uh, and then shoot him with Ray of Frost. Okay. Uh, what's the DC? Or is that a uh, ranged spell? It's an attack roll. Okay. That's yeah, a ranged spell attack. So it's 19 to hit. Uh, that hits. And then it does 2d8 damage. You should be using that like all the time. It's pretty good. Uh, comes out to 11. All right, so you cast this Ray of Frost, and it hits it uh, on the uh, the other arm, and um, it freezes, and you see its hand break off. Exciting. All right, uh, anything else? No, I think that's my turn. Pass. All right, Six Paw, finish this off. All right, two attacks with the Hunter's Mark. Boom, kaboom. Oh, yeah, this is about to 23 to hit. Is my wow. stuff? Oh, yeah, I'm rolling like 19s and 16s. Okay, I'm like, did I put, put everything in correctly? Because these are high. <laughs> uh, <let me. laughs> You're just rolling well. I'll roll the damage and roll 2d6. Oh, I guess, is that already included? Uh, 1d, oh, that, ignore that 9 piercing damage. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it's dead. Okay, yeah, it's 6 plus 9 plus... Four, it's 19 plus 6 is 24, something like that. Alright, what's it look like when you kill this thing? Uh, it's gonna be... Six Ball is gonna lose two arrows, poop, poop, and I assume this thing has eyes, so it's just gonna go straight in the two eyes and uh, knock its head off. Alright, so the head goes rolling onto the ground, and then uh, a little, just a short time later, the various boulders and hands like fist-sized rocks that make up this thing um just the the magic that was holding it together dissipates and it just falls into uh like rubble on the ground all right so now that this is out of the way you can get a good look down this hallway and it appears that it uh ends in a t about uh 20 feet back and then when you walk all the west the way down the hall, you are going to, to see two still doors to the uh, north and to the south. Rum, rum. Thum, thum ends his rage and picks up a rock. A small one. Puts it in his pouch. Um, okay. Grave Scrape's going to knock on the lower steel door. Okay. So uh, you knock on it and you kind of hear this uh, this hollow thud and um, you know some resonance into what whatever the room is behind it um, but that's uh, that's all that happens do, do I see a keyhole or a doorknob or a uh, you see uh, bar? it's a, a a latch on it I'm gonna try to open it okay 
Uh, you open it. So what comes out to kill me? So you open the door and you look inside and this looks like it was at one time a kitchen area. Uh, you see some barrels in here, an overturned table. Uh, there is a uh, two areas for like food preparation. And then there is a basin um, that is filled with water. And you are going to see like a bubble come up from it. I'm going to go investigate the bubble. Okay. Bum, bum, so, uh, um, so, uh, Grave Scrape, um, you look into the basin where this bubble popped up, and, uh, inside you're gonna see what looks like a key, and, uh, it has a symbol on it that looks like three interconnected circles, uh, where, and, and you think they're kind of like an abstraction of, uh, what soap bubbles look like? Interesting. Uh, do I see a spoon anywhere near me? Uh, you look around and yeah, you see like like a wooden spoon and like a, a rusty iron fork and a rusty meat cleaver. I'm gonna pick up the wooden spoon and try to scoop the key out of the stuff. Okay, so um, you scoop it out of the water in this basin and uh, as you pull it out, um, there's like this uh, oil slickness looking to it, like when you're like blowing a bubble and like uh, you pull it away and it's trying to form like a bubble and it's got like that oil slick look to it. Uh, but then that breaks and um, you just look at it and uh, it is a, a whitish gray key um, that has those soap bubbles on it. Awesome. So what do you want to do with it? And then I think uh, I'm going to tuck it in the pocket. Okay. So, uh, you reach out and you pick it up off the spoon and it feels uh, slightly slick to the touch and it's kind of hard to hold on to. So you have to like uh, use both hands to like hold on to the thing because it's really slippery and uh, you stick it in your pocket. Great. All right. So uh. Uh, Fum Fum, I think you said you were going into the door to the north. Yep. Okay. Fum Fum's easily distracted. Uh, okay, so while Grave Scrape and Alexander are down here exploring in the uh, the kitchen, um, you're going to open the door to the north, and inside that, you're going to see what appears to be a sleeping chamber. Uh, inside there is a large bed, there is a bearskin rug on the floor, and a dresser um, to the uh, west here. I'm going to start wearing the bearskin rug as a robe okay. over my, and I'm going to walk over and start digging through the dresser. Okay. Um, it's actually uh, a good thing that you've got this rug on because um, when you walked into the room, um, you know the the rest of this this ruin that you're in is kind of chilly. But when you walked into this room, there was like this this cold air draft that came out of this room, and it's much cooler in here than the uh, the the rest of the the ruin that you're in. And uh, as you get closer to the dresser, you feel like it's even colder over here. Um, so when you go rummaging through the dresser, you are going to open this long, uh, thin drawer towards the top, 
and pull it out and inside you are going to find a key. It has a symbol on it that looks like a jagged spike, uh, which is a an abstraction of an icicle. I am going to grab it. Hey guys, I found a key. Okay, so it, when it's... when uh, you pick it up, it like you, it's kind of like uh, it's so cold, it's hot, you know, and it's like a hot potato in your hand, and it's 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 kind of too cold to hold. So I can't hold on to it. Uh, you could, but it's going to be pretty painful, and you may take some damage if uh, you like try to hold on to it for long. Okay, I'm going to say, oh, that's cold, and I'm going to wrap my hand in the bear's paw, sort of like a glove, and pick it up with that. Okay, so uh, with uh, the insulation of the bear skin, um, you're able to hold on to this thing. Um, it's still not comfortable, but it doesn't feel like it's burning your skin. I'm going to run back out in the hallway and say, hey, look what I found. It's a key. It's cold. Do you think this is the thing we're looking for? We're supposed to keep things cold. I guess I don't. I don't know what cold things have to do with the fun fun, but uh, we found a key over here too. So, uh, grave scrape. While all this is going on, is going to use a special ability that they have oh. as a part of their class, uh, spontaneous unburial, which means that I can cast animate undead or animate dead without there having to be a body there. And I will get to animate a dead and control an undead. Uh, how many? Just one? Just the one. Okay. Let me find, uh, and you're casting it? Yes. Okay, let me why try can't to... it be a foul mimicry of life? Why, why can't it be an elegant mimicry of life? Or a, a kawaii immigrant mimicry of life? Like an adorable little dancing skeleton. Hello, kitties. Who says the skeleton isn't adorable? Are you guys something against skeletons? I mean, heck, I have a skeleton. I think it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, me too. It's just not in the open. It's pretty shy. You're beautiful. I'm sharing a picture of an adorable <laughs> skeleton. <laughs> well, a link to a picture of an adorable skeleton. Should we change the name of a skeleton and like smaller creatures to skeletons? I, I appreciated that joke, but I I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. That's fine. You gotta you gotta try. Yeah. Grave scrape casts the uh, this uh, spell, and you're all kind of weirded out after you see this skeleton like claw its way out of this stone floor, and it's carrying a uh, shield and a sword sword. Fum fum, you're gonna take uh, the cold key and um, stick it into one of these slots. I assume oh. we have to get past the second stone golem, so I'm just going to cast Toll the Dead on it. Ooh, Man. actually, wait. Or wait Sorry about that. Wait. Oh. Yes, I went and stuck oh, okay. the key in. A- okay. Ciao. So uh, you stick the key in here, and um, you turn it, and you hear what sounds like a, a sliding piece of metal inside of this still door. Look, guys, it worked. Probably, it worked. Nice. Grave Scrape is also going to put the key in, I suppose, and, okay. and turn it. Okay. Probably with um, a great more difficulty. Uh, I'm back at a safe distance. You uh, turn it, and you hear uh, a similar scraping of metal. Awesome. All right. 
and then we kill the the user the uh, stone golem. Uh, are you attacking it? Yeah, might as well. Just let's set up first. Uh, send okay. your yeah, I'm gonna send my skeleton in. Pile of bones first. They're attacking. Just, okay. just put him in front of the stone golem because I can't control him apparently. How often uh, can you summon a skeleton? As often as she casts the spell. Yeah, however many uh, spell slots I have. Mm, I wasn't. I didn't realize it was like a spell slot thing. You said it was like a thing tied to your your uh, race, I think. So I thought it was like it's a, a class thing. feature, but it's the same as the spells. So. Yeah. Ah, yeah, exactly. that makes sense. That kind of gets number of spells known, but still requires a spell slot to cast. Uh, maybe maybe fum, uh, fum Fum should go on the top and the skeleton should go on the bottom so that way we can metagame and get advantage. Fum Fum hears attack from the south and he launches in to go in and attack. Let's everybody roll initiative. I am but a humble initiative boy. I should. It's supposed to be automatically rolling initiative with advantage, but it's not. 20. What do you mean? It is. If you hover over the 11.14, you'll see there's a 9 and a 7 in parentheses. Oh. Both of those are rolls. It took the 9. No, the 7, I think, is... So that's definitely not plus anything. So, yeah. All right. 9 versus 7 plus 2. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So it already did. All right. All right. Grace Grape, you're going first. I am. I am a little surprised by that initiative roll. Um, um, does the so... skeleton get a separate initiative? I thought she could control the uh, bonus. Or is that his bonus as a Uh, I thought it was its own creature. Hold on. Uh, let me look it up again. Or let me read it again. It's not I like think, an animal companion. I think I can use my action to specifically control it, but otherwise it attacks whatever I'm attacking. It and I don't have to control creatures. it. Let's give it an order. It will follow that order until the task is done. So it sounds like it's semi-autonomous, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Terrorize I, the village. Right? Uh, that's not a simple. <laughs> so I guess um, when I sent it up there, like the command was to attack. Okay. So I'm going to also attack with uh, Toll the Dead. Okay. This is the undamaged version. I learned. You're on uh, nine. Uh, that no, is wait, that's not how that works. No, that's a DC. Yeah, no. Uh, that's a charisma save. Yes. Okay, that's a uh, two. Cool, yeah, very it low charisma. Damage. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Uh, next up is. Uh, the skeleton. Have you uh, named it? I just put Toby up here because I thought it was funny. Or do you not want to uh, name like it? Because you okay. I don't know if you didn't want to name it because you don't want to get attached. But no, it's fine. As, as as I create more undead, I'll just slowly name them after former Spider Men. <laughs> All right. So one of them will be named Grah. I don't know how to spell that, but that'll be its name. All right, so uh, that is a 13. That's going to hit for six points of damage. Is there any way to 
to give her control over the thing, make it a little bit less work for you. Similar for Anna and her spear. It doesn't have any macro set up for it. So I'm having to roll like just individual numbers anyway. Uh, all right, six fall, you're up. All right, six fall will move to the side because Alexander moved in front of him, I guess, and lose three arrows. The last one is going to be the extra attack for an extra D8 if it hits. Uh, and bonus action to do a Hunter's Mark. So Hunter's Mark first. And roll with three hours loose. 23, uh, 20. What is this? Why am I rolling so high? The bonus is all 16, 13, and then 14. I mean, you roll plus, low a lot of the time somewhere. Plus. Yeah, I guess at, at some point, I think Karma's got to get back. Three for proficiency, three for dexterity, one for magic. Yeah, I guess that is. Wow. Yep. It's just a 16. Right, uh, so these are with the hunter's mark. Plus having a plus seven Rolls. to your roll isn't, isn't very shabby. I don't know why it's rolling. Let's see. So 1d8, that's a normal one. Then 1d6. Okay, so that's 7, 14, 25. And then the last one has that extra d attacked onto it. I'm just going to avoid using these global damage modifiers because they are not working today. Uh, 25 to 32, 44, 44 damage. Uh, 44 damage total? Yep, all magical. Nice. All right, so uh, you light into this thing with these arrows, and you just see, like, uh, like these fist-sized uh, rocks uh, become dislodged out of this thing and fall to the ground and crumble, and uh, it's looking pretty hurt. Uh, it didn't like that. Um, <laughs> so it is going to turn and actually move up here to try to attack you. Attack of opportunity. Ooh, that means yep. Zoe gets an attack of opportunity too. Yep. Um, do you get advantage on opportunity or no? No. Or we, would we, because we're flanking, I have no idea. Uh, that's a good question because it would actually have to move out of your flank to trigger an opportunity attack because if it was right here it's, it's no longer flank but it's not triggering an opportunity attack until it gets here so I'm going to say no but, on the advantage well here's here's one thing right so it would have to move from it would have to move from the square mm -hmm. to here or, uh, to, to here to there. or uh -huh. here right Uh huh. wouldn't we have advantage because of Alexander? No, because no. it doesn't leave the threat range until it gets here. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I'm going to say that I'll let you both have opportunity attacks on it, uh, but I'm going to say that that will not be an advantage. Without advantage. Gotcha. Because that just makes sense. Do you want me to roll? I don't know what to roll, but I can do it. Uh, roll a uh, d20 and add 4 to it. Uh, Fum Fum, you're definitely going to hit. That's going to be nine points of damage. That's fact, you better, Rod. Uh, that's going to hit as well for uh, Toby. Um, roll a d6 and add two to it. Seven. There you go. So, uh, as uh, it comes for six ball, you both uh, just turn around and tag it. And it's looking pretty rough. Like, you get it in the, the back of its thigh and a bunch of the rocks uh, crumble out of it and it's kind of limping 
as it single-mindedly tries to uh, go after Six Paw. Um, these things aren't smart. That so is. Let me just. Let me just. Yeah. Push this out of the way. I have an AC of 14. You're probably going to hit on all of these. <laughs> uh, that's a 25 and a 29. Yep, those will hit. Uh, that is going to be for 46 points of damage. Oof. Okay. You can evade, right? Or something like that. You're a thief. I am a ranger. I am not a rogue. Oh. Never mind. 46, you said? Uh, 46. 46, yes. Okay. Should have been a rogue. Uh, next up is Fum Fum. Lar, you don't walk away from me. You think you're better than Wow? Did it? Wow, that's a okay. You, you can't, you can't walk away from me. You're not better than me. Rawr. And he's gonna rage and um, get a strip of beef jerky off the back of his shield so he can chew on that furiously and run to attack. All right. So first attack, attacking furiously, recklessly. So he'll have advantage. Oh wait, he already has advantage. Well, he's gonna die. Alright, so, uh, 13 damage, plus his first thing gets, uh, oh wait, a four, 19, when he gets. Uh, 19 points of damage? Uh, no, 19 to hit. Oh, yeah, hit. 19 hits. So, 13 point, plus his Divine Fury gives d6 plus 3 to product. Uh, what's it look like when you take this thing out? Well, he is, he just sort of he comes running in, sprinting in as hard as he can. He jumps up as high as he can, brings his sword down really, really hard through its right buttock. Just <laughs> shearing off that little bit of buttock. And it um, goes pinging around the room and hits the thing in the head really hard, not can tell. And it falls to pieces. Alright. So uh, that is uh, Stone Golem is dispatched. And uh, you look around and this... You look around, and this uh, this uh, kitty cat man uh, is looking pretty rough. You about to beat Jerry? Yeah, let's let's rest for a bit. No, I I got this. Um, let me just relocate my shoulder real quick. And uh, Six Ball is gonna cast Cure Wounds four times. One at second level. One at uh, three times. One at second level. Two at first level. And we'll see how far that gets me. Uh, you Don't can also have, take like, a short rest. If you want to spend Can some we take a short rest, that, but why would I take a short rest if I still have spells left? What? Isn't that I what still have spells to? left? Why would I take a short rest? Okay. What does what does spell slots have to do with short rests? Because you get spell slots back with a short rest. Do some you? classes do. Yeah, no, not most of them, but uh, I I'm fine because like I was the only one who got hit that round. I am not the tank. Uh, so I am okay with this. I just need a few hit points back as a buffer. That is 12, another 12, so 24. Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. 24 hit points back. All right, so after dispatching this uh, stone golem, uh, you look down the hall, and it looks uh, similar to the hall that you were just in on the other side. And I grab my bearskin coat and flap down the hall. Okay. Into the northern room again. Okay. Um, so when you go into the room to the north, you are going to see what looks to be a office of some sort. There's a rug on the floor and a desk on the north wall. Um, 
there's some tables, and then um, give me a perception check. Advantage if it's sight. So, 13. Uh, that's enough. So, um, okay. you look around, and you are going to see a barrel over here to the east, and um, you're going to notice that there's some steam coming out of it, and you see, like, the, the lid like kind of abruptly raised just a little bit as the steam escapes and falls back down. Okay. Um, I am going to... Okay, he doesn't really think this through. He's going to run over, kick over the bucket, and grab the key that he knows is inside without stopping to think that it's probably going to be really hot. Okay, so uh, you kick that over, and as you do... um, the water that was inside this barrel, um, all 40 gallons of uh, hot boiling water spills all over the floor. Uh, give me a uh, deck save. Dex save. Uh, that's a 9 plus 1 for 10 because he has a lucky stone. Gives him plus 1 on che- checks and saves. Uh, yeah, that's not going to do it. Um <laughs> <laughs> You are going to take eight points of uh, fire damage as uh, this water splashes up and uh, hits you on uh, your bare thighs since you're uh, Donald ducking it. (laughs) Donald thumping. But uh, now that you've kicked this over and the the water is all over the floor here, um, you are going to see what appears to be another key. Um it is silver and has a symbol on it that looks like wavy lines um, that um, now looking at it you're like okay then that's supposed to be like heat now while still wearing my bear skin having been warned by the hot water I'm going to grab the rug that's in the thing and use that to pick up the key okay so uh, make him look as ridiculous as possible <laughs> so uh, you pick up the key with the rug and um, there's steam that's uh, coming up from uh, the rug now, and you start to smell um, kind of like burning from it, like the the, the hairs or the, the the fibers that were used to weave it are starting to smol- smolder. Uh, you can feel Never even play. <laughs> uh, even through the rug, you can feel the heat off of this thing. You're not taking any damage, but it it's not comfortable to hold. And I'm going to run, wearing the bear, carrying the rug with the key in it, back down the hallway. (laughs) Okay. To the slot. And I'm going to try and stick it in. Okay. So you stick it in and turn it, and you hear the scraping of metal like the the two other times that you heard before. That worked, guys. Great. So what is that? uh, One more? One more. I can count. I'm, I'm an educated barbarian. Hey, uh, Grayscape Scrape. Toby looks pretty useful. How about we have him open the door instead? Right, yes, him open the door. door. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> uh, so you command Toby to open the door, and he opens it and uh, steps inside. And uh, what you find inside appears to be a library. Um, there are shelves and books. Uh, a table and a chair uh, over in the south uh, east corner uh, it appears to be just like a pile of books uh, and then there's some uh, 
some more books on the uh, the back shelf here. Um, you also notice like a like kind of a foul, acrid smell in this room, like sour. Uh, I'm gonna start digging through the pile of books, I guess. Okay. Um, give me an investigation check. Ten. You're you're digging through these books and you've noticed that as you've come over here to this side of the room that sour smell has gotten stronger uh, but you're not seeing uh, anything but books at this point I'm gonna come down here to this bookshelf down here and see if there's if I see anything like I don't know where to place my person these but like here. on the left um okay so what what are you doing I'm just gonna rummage through the uh, through the books and see if anything pops out at me. Okay, the uh, books on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me another investigation check. Ten. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you go through these and you're actually adding to this pile because you just take them off the shelf and if there's nothing in the book or nothing behind it, you just throw it into this pile of books. But uh, so far, that's all you're seeing is uh, these books. Books and books and books and books and books, books, books. Uh, anyone else want to look? Uh, Toby goes over and starts, uh, Toby goes over and starts uh, leafing through some uh, periodicals over here. I'm going to go through (laughs) this. He's like, popular science. I always forget about this one. (laughs) Thumb thumb goes through the desk. Okay. Give me an investigation check. This is going to go poorly. Nice. Oh, 17. Much better than me. <laughs> All right. Um, so you're going through this desk over here, and uh, you're you're looking through these papers, and out of the uh, the corner of your eye, you see like this kind of uh, almost like a heat mirage, but it's kind of like yellowish color, and it's coming from the uh, edge of these books over here that are on the uh, the floor. Hey, Daisy, dig. Here, start digging through that. Okay, uh, you start digging through that, and you find the source of this sour smell. Um, it is a another key, and uh, it has a Dude, symbol on it. Digs. Yeah, it. I mean, it's like sour eggs and like uh, lemon. Um, it smells like mob. Yeah, with uh, with some uh, like uh, throw up bile. Uh, included in there, in there too. Not like the smell of throw-up bile, but like the taste of throw-up bile that's like in the back of your throat now. So uh, it has a symbol on it uh, that looks like a square with a skull in the center, uh, which is a uh, kind of like a, the representation of a gelatinous cube. And uh, you are you going to? pick it up or what are you going to do with it? Kind of grab it with one, with both hands and run back with it to the thing. Okay. So uh, you pick it up with both hands and uh, before you can even get out of the room it like starts to tingle and then you make it back into uh, the the larger room with the door and by then um, you're starting to get like the, the sensation of a, like a, a chemical burn. 
acid burns. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you take it in, and to stick it into the door and you turn it and you're going to hear that slide again, uh, that metal scraping, and then you're going to see the, the door crack open. Um, but when you pull your hand away from this key, it's, it, it's sticky and doesn't want to let go. And then you pull off and then you're going to notice that it's taken some of the skin off of your fingers. Yep. Just like Bob's cooking. <laughs> All right. How much damage do I take? You are going to take. Oh, that's not bad. Three points of damage. All right. So, um. You're back in the, in the main room, and this uh, large steel door has now cracked open. Now I'm going to push on it again. Okay, so uh, you push on it, and the, uh, the bisected doors here open into two doors and swing open. And inside, you can see um, it's another dark room. Um, you can see about as far as, like... A, where the light extends and you're going to see some light reflecting off another still door uh, on the opposite end of this room to the south. Okay, I would like to pick up the uh, the arrow that has light attached to it and then just kind of put it back into the crossbow and shoot it at the steel door again. Okay, give me an attack roll. 25. Damn, why can't you roll like this in the normal campaign? <laughs> Yeah, you're telling me, no man. Kidding. I'm just happy to be here. Because <laughs> you've kicked it's ass this they, episode. Because they don't. I'm really. I get really good luck whenever it doesn't like ultimately matter. But whenever it actually well, matters, they usually roll pretty matters. low. Eventually, we'll all be dead. All right. So uh, you shoot this crossbow bolt, and uh, you can see the glimmer off this door, and you aim right for it, and you just tag it, uh, and then the arrow clatters to the ground. And uh, you can now see um, all of this area is lit, uh, but from the angle you're at, you can't see all the way into the room. Um, Gravescrape would be able to see probably a little bit more uh, down this way, since uh, they are at an angle. You guys want to take? Gonna go in. Okay, I guess. Toby's gonna follow me. All right, so uh, as you enter the room, damn, there's so much light in this room, I can't see <laughs> Let's just what's underneath. Let's assume that the room is lit. Yeah, let, let's do that. Let's turn off these auras. Let's go ahead and turn off Alexander's thing. <laughs> just assume there's light. Because it's like layer after layer of light. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme light. Uh, I so think Grave Scrape's the only one that's still got light up. Let me yep. take that off. All right, much better. Uh, let's place you right here because you can't... Well, I guess you can be in that square. Um, all right. Like just behind the tub of the disturbing things. Yeah. All right. So um, you're going to enter this room, and uh, it's much the, the, the same floors, um, but the air as you come in here, it's, it's much staler and older. Um, so um, these doors open... Um, you walk inside, and you're going to see that this room is littered with old bits of armor. And in the center of this room, there are four deep basins. Uh, there, each one of them is filled with what appears to be, at first glance, water. 
and at the bottom of each basin, um, as you look down inside, is uh, with your your the the light in this room, you're going to be able to see a keyhole. On the south side here, there is a heavy steel door, um, and as you look around, you don't see any keyholes or handles on it. Uh, pushing on the door. Grave Scrape's gonna go see if they can take one of the keys out of the door without it closing on them. Okay. Uh, which key are you going to try to take? Probably the soapy one. Okay. The um, most pleasant of the four. So uh, as you uh, try to grab a hold of this thing, you're having trouble, like, uh, you can turn it, but as you try to pull it out, um, your fingers slide off of it. It's so slippery. Um, or your feathers, rather. Um, but you're able to get like both hands around it and find some uh, an, enough of purchase on the, the key that you can pull it out. Um, but when you pull it out, nothing happens. Yeah. So the door, the door just stays open. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Grave scrape is going to say in an am- amalgamation of voices, uh, get the keys. Sixpaw is going to use his cloak to grab one of the, the cold key. I don't remember which side that was put in. but It doesn't really and matter. Bring it, over. it was on the left. Okay. I'm going to run, grab the rug, and use that to grab the hot key. Okay. That just leaves the acid key. It's all you, Alexander. I guess. Uh, you do have I Toby. Will... Oh, yeah, Toby. Hey Toby, can you get that for me? And then I'm gonna I'm gonna look at uh, Grayscape as I'm talking to Toby. Uh, Toby yeah, just Grave stares Scrape at you; will, it doesn't will, do anything. Gravescrape will nod at Toby and and repeat in Alexander's voice, "Go get the key." Fuck, that's weird. That's fucking ah, weird. Fuck, that's weird. That's fucking <laughs> it does, weird. It doesn't get any less weirder. Um, so Toby goes out and grabs the key and walks back in and uh, so all of you are in the room you got all the keys and about um, 30 seconds after Toby removes the key and walks into this room the steel door slams shut it's the oh, fuck. I'm not worried uh, we're sure this stuff is water right that it's safe to put our hands in and such sure. can test that I'm going to stick the key in the keyhole in this basin up here in the northwest, whether it uh, makes sense to do that or not. Uh, let's see, the north uh, northwest, okay. Does it so, have any markings on it? As you approach this uh, basin, there's a uh, strange, acrid smell coming from it. Uh, it's eye-watering, and it burns your nose. Acrid, eye-watering, burns my nose. Yeah, this is probably where we're going to put the hot key. And I shove the hot key in there. Turn. Uh, the hot key. Mm-hmm. That's the one I grabbed. Okay. Uh, so you stick it in there, and um, you get all the way down to the the bottom of that, and your skin is starting to burn, and uh, you try to get it into the keyhole, and it doesn't work. Uh, and you're gonna take uh, six ow, points ow, ow, of ow, ow. Uh, six points of acid damage. This feels like the Bob Cookie key. And I'm going to walk around and look for the basin that's hot. 
Uh, Grave Scrape will have Toby put the key that Toby picked up into that one and turn it. Uh, sorry, say again. Grave Scrape will have Toby put the key in the one that Fum Fum just stuck his hand into and turn it and okay. see if it works. Uh, so he had the acid key. So he sticks it in there. He goes down to the, the bottom, sticks it in, and turns it. And you're going to see the water, uh, the acidic water drain out of this thing. Uh, he pulls his uh, arm up. And how many hit points does he have? All right. 13. Um, <laughs> so he pulls his arm up. And it has disintegrated all the way up past his elbow. No, Toby. So, so he doesn't actually pull his arm. arm. He leaves most of it in the basin. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right so, Chiswell's gonna find the colder basin, uh, if there is one, and put the cold key inside of it. Okay. Uh, give me an investigation check. Sure. A six. Yeah. Um, you go to, uh, all the, <laughs> all of these things and you study it. Nothing really looks like cold to you though. Um, do you want right. to try um, to, uh, like stick your finger in each one of these to see if, uh, you can figure out which one's cold? Yeah. We'll start with the bottom, right? Okay. Um, so you, uh, stick your finger in that. And the, as your finger breaks the surface of this water, it begins to boil fiercely. And you're going to take, that's going to be 15 points of fire damage. Ouch. Um, Grave Scrape's going to go up to this basin up here and try sticking the soapy key in. Okay. Um, so you stick the key in. And as soon as, like, the, the key is going to break this liquid, and then once your, your feathery hand breaks the liquid, um, you're going to feel the, the, the water is, like, freezing cold. And it starts to form ice around um, your um, feathers. Um, you're going to take... That rolled really low. Uh, you're going to take 13 points of ice damage, and I'm going to need you to give me a strength uh, saving throw. Oh, fuck. Really? Yep. Oh, I got really fucking lucky. 17. Oh, that's, that is because uh, as this ice starts to form, uh, it starts creeping up your arm and spreading out across the basin. And it starts to freeze solid, but you're able to pull um, your your arm out before it gets trapped in there, uh, but not without taking like a whole bunch of feathers uh, that are now um, frozen in this basin of ice. Grave Scrape's going to be upset and then go back down to this bottom one here and sulk. Okay, guys. Sounds like there's Wait. one left. Wait like half a second. Let me let me use this prayer feeling so we don't accidentally die in this place. You guys are looking pretty rough. Can 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 prayer feeling heal Toby? No, it doesn't affect undead con undead or constructs. Um I'm sorry. 
I do have a question. Are these just piles of armor, or are there piles of skeletons or bodies here that I can animate? Uh, give me an investigation check. Fifteen. These are pieces of armor. You're not seeing any body parts. Oh, nice. Thank okay. you, Alexander. Yeah, so I'm going to restore 24 life to everybody except for Toby. 24 life? Wow. Correct. Meat points, to be exact. Meat points? <laughs> okay. Um, thought, right, I'm idea. I'm going to stick my hand in the hot basin and turn the key. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bum Bum is not clever or wise. Okay, uh, so you stick it in there. Um, you're going to take that is uh, 15 points of fire damage, um, but you're able to um, get the key to the bottom and turn it. And as you do, the boiling liquid drains from it, and you pull out your arm, and it looks like you've got the worst sunburn you've ever had. Um, <laughs> you're like beet red and you're starting to see some like blisters form I was a little kid I had chicken pox when we went to the beach and then I got sunburned and it looked really or maybe we went to the beach and I came back with chicken pox either way I had sunburn and chicken pox on my legs it was the weirdest thing the doctor had ever seen because it came out like little tiny red dots gross like, alright so you have uh, used the steam key and the acid key and uh, Gravescrape's going to call Toby over and have him put the soap key in this basin. Okay. Because so. Gravescrape's not dumb. Okay. So uh, Toby uh, comes down here and you're like, okay, uh, grab this key and, and put it in the basin. And it pulls out its its arm to reach for it. But all is left is like the, the, the bone up to his uh from his elbow up to his shoulder and like keeps moving it trying to, to grab the, the key but there's no hand to grab Other it. arm dumbass. <laughs> I, that's what that's what Gravescrape says to, to Toby in a very stern what sounds like something that, that has been said to Gravescrape before but the arm is in like a different woman's voice. <laughs> um, and it's Other like, arm dumbass. Uh, and it drops its shield and uh, takes the, the key with the uh, other hand and then walks over to the basin and uh, dips its uh, arm down in there and turns the key and the, uh, the liquid um, drains out of the basin but some of this, uh, this liquid was like super slope soapy and slippery and by the process of sticking his arm in um the volume of his arm has caused some of the liquid to spill out and uh, hit the floor and as it pulls its arm up and you know completes its task and stands up it moves its feet and slips and in doing so it's going to fall down and take uh <laughs> It's going to take three points of damage, and uh, the skeleton just falls apart onto the floor. Makes a clattering <laughs> noise, sort of like a xylophone. Uh, uh, Would that <laughs> yeah. be a pile of bones that I can reanimate? Uh, yeah, you could try. Uh, you could reanimate him. <laughs> I'm gonna bring Toby back from the dead. 
Let me just use. You're bringing him back from the undeath. Yes, I'm bringing him back from undeath. Okay. Um, so you cast that, and uh, he reforms. Good, Toby. Now stay. All right. So uh, that's three keys down. Um, the only basin left is this one up here to the top, where uh, Grave Scrape tried to uh, put the key in, um, but the the basin froze over. Uh, I have a. I will do it myself. I have a necklace of cold resistance. Oh, I was going to say use some of the armor maybe to protect yourself before you stick your hand in. Hmm, that sounds like it would work. Do I have anything useful? You will grab a soda. Be right back. Yeah, I'll just find some cloth, wrap my hand in it, and shove it in. Oh, I mean, there's armor lying around all over the place. How is that going to protect my hand? What do you mean they've gauntlets? You know, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Gauntlets do exist. Are there any gauntlets around, Kevin? Uh, give me an investigation check. Oh, it's no whammies. Twenty-two. Uh, yeah, you find several pairs of uh, gauntlets and even some uh, some matching pairs. Are there some that are extremely larger than the others? Uh, you see some very large ones in here that look like they were probably made for uh, half-orcs or goliaths uh, that are made out of steel. Uh, would it be possible to put on a fitting pair, a fitting uh, gauntlet on my hand, and then put a larger gauntlet on top of that gauntlet? Um, you, they, um, They're not really that large. You could probably ah. find some like uh, like leather bracers and like leather gloves in here that you could put on uh, that would fit inside the gauntlet of a like a Goliath or something. I'll do that, and then uh, I'll just yoink my hand in there and try and turn the key. Okay, so um, you go to put your hand in here, and it is solid ice. Um, you can't break the surface with your hand. Okay, I will uh, bring out my short sword and say the elven word for fire and use a flame tongue on the liquid, I guess. Nice. Uh, go ahead and give me an attack. Okay. Uh, like two hit or damage? Uh, both. Okay. Uh, that is damage. That is not. It's not to hit. Let me. 18. Uh, to hit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me a damage roll. Okay. Uh, since it's the fire thing, it'd be 2d6 fire. Yeah, fire. Just give me the fire damage because uh, slashing is not going to do anything to it. Yeah, four fire damage. Um, so you lay into this thing and you don't really chip off all that much, but you are noticing some of the ice has uh, melted. Um, the ice that has melted is not refreezing, um, but it's it's maybe you know like a sixteenth of an inch of uh, ice of this uh, probably you know two foot deep basin. Dad got an idea, and Fum Fum grabs a helmet, fills it with hot water from the boiling thing, and pours it in the ice bucket. Okay, um, so uh, you uh, and that's how Fum Fum casts fog cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So uh, this, this basin over here has uh, mainly emptied, it, it drained um, all except for maybe about uh, two inches of hot water towards the bottom of it. Um, but you're able to get some of it out and pour on here. Um, and after a while, you're able to get enough uh, hot water out of here to uh, melt enough of this ice to get down to the keyhole. That's the barbarian way. Use your head or someone's head or the thing that was on his head. I should probably made you make an intelligence roll for that because your intelligence is like, what, six? Ten. Oh, it's ten? It's wisdom that's low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just got average intelligence wisdom. below average wisdom. Uh, okay, so you've exposed the keyhole at the bottom of this thing. Uh, I will shove my hand in there with the gauntlets and stuff on and uh, try and turn the key. Okay, um, it's still kind of chilly in here, um, but you're able to get to the bottom, insert the key, and turn it. And as you do, um, you are going to see uh, this still door down here open. And can I yoink my hand out now? I yoinked my hand out. I would like Toby to move to the door so that he's one of the first through. Okay. Are you going to command him to go in? Uh, once it's open, yeah. Uh, it's it's cracked open. Uh, can I first cast light on his shield? Sure. Cool. I will forego making that aura. We'll just Thank say it you. happened. <laughs> um, Don't worry, I'm ahead of you. I'll put mine on. So we can oh God. double check. So uh, are you having uh, Toby go in? Yeah. That is that is a little bright. That is not uh size of light every, spell. It was like a 200 foot square, not yeah. 20. <laughs> 160. I mean, between the three of us, I'm pretty sure that we can see from here to the entrance. I mean, not really. I'm being facetious, but. All right. So uh, knock that off. <laughs> What? I don't need a sepia filter. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Toby uh, walks into the room. Stay away from me, Toby. N- nothing happened? Nope. Cool. So, uh, as you walk in, um, this uh, room is much like the others, uh, dark, um, carved out of stone. Uh, but in the middle of the room, sitting on a pedestal, you are going to see a... Uh, what appears to be some sort of uh, metal box uh, for the more cultured of you, which would probably be Alexander. You would know that this is a chafing serving dish, and uh, it appears to be made out of mithril. Kip, I hear it'll make you really uncomfortable when you pick it up. Like it'll rub you raw. Well, what are you waiting for? Pick it up, and we can go. Okay. Bum bum picks it up. Okay, you pick it up. <laughs> Did anything happen? Nope. Yay! And with his giant bear cloak flapping behind him, Toby or Fum Fum turns and runs toward the entrance of the cave. Okay. <laughs> like you're going to run it all the way back to Merrillish. So uh, we'll say that uh, after uh, completing this uh, this ruin here and finding the uh, the chafing dish of uh, Angranor, uh, the famished. You make your way uh, in the uh, next three days after, you know, you take a, 
a rest here in the town of Hilldale uh, to lick your wounds and make your way back to uh, Merrill Lesh to Mad Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventurers Emporium uh, to the office of uh, Charlie the Gnome who is the local franchise manager here of Improbable Incurements, uh, Procurements LLC. And uh, you go in and he's like, do you have it? Yeah, we got it. It so. was a glorious fight. You killed the rocks. It, I got a coat. He uh, examines it and pulls out the uh, piece of paper describing uh, what this is uh, supposed to do. And he takes a uh, chicken wing off of uh, his uh, desk, places it inside, and waits for a second and opens it back up. And the uh, chicken wing is steaming hot. And he says, uh, this appears to be it. Great job. And let's see. And he pulls out a uh, the contract and he opens up this uh, chest behind his desk and he starts uh, counting out gold. And he says, so that's uh, 150 gold each minus the management fee minus taxes. That'll be... 125 gold each. Uh, Gravescribe's gonna say uh, no management fee, and management fee is going to be in dude's uh, <laughs> voice, and no taxes, and again, in, in dude's voice, and uh, have Toby rattle up next to him. Because uh, they uh, don't go away. A skeleton in town? Oh my gosh. So Skeleton walks in, and he's like, ah! Guards! Guards! <laughs> Weird birthday brought a skeleton in town. And Don't here's you some. Uh, my friends. Here's Don't some uh, commotion out in the uh, the store area of Mad Cedric's. As uh, it sounds like people are arming themselves after they heard animated skeleton. And he's like, "Get that thing out of here!" Uh, so grave scrapes, grave scrapes, gonna put Toby in his bag of holding. <laughs> Fucking, that's fucking weird. That's fucking weird. So I think that'll be perfect. That uh, amount that you listed, 125 gold pieces each, right? Yeah. Okay, Listen, so everybody's got to have a little taste. That's the way things work. I completely understand where you're coming from. Grave scrape. You know what? I'll buy you a drink. Uh, Grave Scrape's gonna re- re- reply, drink, and nod in in uh, Six Paws voice. What are taxes? You don't know what taxes are? Now that's fucking I am fucking a barbarian weird. from the mighty tribe of Goulash. Well, that's let this be an right. education to you. See, the way things work in civilization is everybody agrees that there needs to be some sorts of protections and services that are provided by your government to maintain a civilization. Grave Scrape's going to walk out in the middle taxes. of this. And you hear somebody out in the uh, the store uh, hear this discussion going on and you hear, Taxation's theft! <laughs> <laughs> Am I being detained? I'm leaving now. <laughs> Well, it was uh, good working with you uh, for this being the first time. I would say this was a pretty successful outing. So, uh, you know, rest up and uh, maybe come back in a few days and we'll see if there's uh, any other work for you. 
Will do. Thank you very much. Now well, that 125 gold, I mean, don't go spinning it all. That's what happens with a lot of adventurers around here. They they get all that money in their pocket and they go blow it on companionship and drinks and food. I'm just I'm just looking out for you. You want to make sure that you open an account with the bank to save a little bit of that for your retirement. <laughs> Banks are thieves. No. Stay away. That's my buddy. Okay. And you can't uh, have interest in my buddy. <laughs> uh, so with that, we are going to call it an episode. As uh, you all make it out into the streets of Merrillish to spin your uh, newfound riches. Awesome. Thanks for coming, guys. So that, that was, was fun. For hosting. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that, and I hope you uh, had a lot of fun uh, playing that. And hopefully, we'll be uh, doing some more of these episodes in the future. I like rolling wisdom rolls to see if I do something incredibly stupid. Or not. <laughs> your intelligence is ten. Your wisdom doesn't necessarily dictate how much you know, man. No, it's just does he learn from experience or not? Oh, okay. I just figure with an intelligence of 10, he would know what the tax is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And hopefully we will be back next week with a regular episode of the Dungeons and uh, Tobacco's podcast. Uh, hopefully. Until then, have a good one. Thanks, guys. See everyone. Clear. So I decided on Fum Fum's ideals. First up, it would be super awesome to punch a god in the dick. <laughs> Next up, dwarfs don't have souls. Elves all have secret tails. Gnomes are all descended from gods. Halflings carry razor blades in their butts. Humans are borns with horns. Tieflings aren't real. And dragonborn are all actually zombies. And the spell plague was just a cons- uh, cover-up by the government for some magical accident. Yes. And he admires but does not worship Sirik. Calls him Cyril and thinks he was a great gnome warrior. <laughs> uh, I had fun with I had fun with Gravescrape. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Gravescrape was, was a lot of fun. Time. The way you role played Gravescrape was perfect. Yeah. Um, Fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird. Uh, I, it was really hard not to say everything in it, like as if it was a parrot because it's not that's not how mimicry works. It actually is a perfect <laughs> imitation of something. But like. It's a good it's trigger to let people know that thing. you're talking in character, though. It is. Mm-hmm. It is a good char- uh, trigger. Triggered. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. I'm Matt Cedric of Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium. Is your cleric a creep? Is your druid a drag? Try our healing potions. They put pep in your step and get you back in the fight. A healing potion will never try to convert you to a god or get into a moral debate with you. Just drink it and feel better about the decisions that led you to your current situation. Try our new flavors exclusive to Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium. 
Barry Blitz, Melon Melee, and Arctic Chill. Side effects may include delusions of grandeur, increased risk of infection, drowsiness, impotence, red ache, and bloody stool. Ask your cleric if healing potions are right for you. My prices are so low, I'm practically giving this stuff away. How do I do it? Don't worry about it. Come on in to Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventurers Emporium. We have convenient locations in a city near you. Just talk to the town guard for directions. Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventurers Emporium, where the only thing matter than me is the savings. Matt Cedric's got the deals. The music you heard on this episode was Teller of the Tells, Rights, Zazzy, Crossing the Chasm, Death of Kings, Five Armies, and Hard Boiled by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0.